0: We praise God for the ability to have us to be here today to worship Him and praise His name. If you're visiting with us, we're so glad that you're here today. Today is the first Sunday in June, and as has been announced, four weeks from today will be my last sermon as your minister. In these last four weeks, in these next four weeks, I want us to focus on Jesus Christ and our Christianity we're approaching Jesus from four different standpoints our lesson this morning I want to talk about serving like Jesus you understand that Jesus came down this, from heaven from perfection in eternity to live a life as a servant one who gives to the honor and glory of another And he gave his life for me. He gave his life for you. He gave his life for everyone who will follow his will. And in those three and a half years of his earthly ministry, he showed us exactly what service is all about. We're going to look at several passages of Scripture all in the New Testament this morning. Turn with me, first of all, to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. verse number 42 Mark 10 verse number 42 but Jesus called them to him and saith unto them ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them and their great ones exercise authority upon them but it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Whosoever of you will be the chiefest, let him be servant of all. In our readings this morning, you'll see the word minister and you'll see the word servant several times. They're two different Greek words, but they mean essentially the same thing a servant. Does the will of his master, his owner. People back then were slaves. They understood what it meant to be a slave. What the owner said, the master said, that's what they did. And a minister is one who serves other people. So you'll see the word minister and servant used here interchangeably in many ways. This morning I want us to focus on serving like Jesus. The literal word, Greek language, has said, is one who is a possession of someone else. The person owns that slave. Thayer's Dictionary mentions this about the Greek word is one devoted to another to the disregard of one's own interest. In other words, when you're a slave, the master tells you what to do and that's exactly what you do. Even if you want to do something else, you can't do it because you are his servant. He is your master and therefore you follow him with everything he says and does to you. Jesus wants us to be servants. And he did not say that and not prove it. You see, Jesus is the perfect example of a servant. In John chapter 6, verse number 38, he said, I came from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Jesus as a man was the servant of Almighty God. Just like you and I as children of God today are servants of Almighty God. In our lives today, in our lives today as Christians, we must be willing to take on the attitude and the mindset of a servant. Turn with me to John chapter 12, verse number 26. John twelve twenty-six. 26. Jesus is speaking now. Jesus says, Now if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. We need to appreciate the requirements of servanthood. And while Jesus lived on this earth, he showed us what it means to be a servant. Point number one in our lesson this morning. Serving like Jesus requires humility. You're writing it down in your outline sheet. H-U-M-I-L-I-T-Y. Humility. To understand completely what humility is, turn me to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse number 5. very familiar paragraph for us. Paul was talking about Jesus. Verse number five of chapter two. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who Christ being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He was eternal just as God is. But he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Picture if you can, the perfect, eternal Son of God. The glory and bliss of heaven coming down to this earth And living a life like you and I live. He saw problems. He saw difficulties. He understood pain, discouragement, and all those things that happened to him while he was here on earth. He understood what it meant to be hungry, what it meant to suffer pain. Can you imagine those piercing of his hands as he was nailed to the cross? The crown of thorns in his brow. It hurt, surely it did, more than we can comprehend. He understood sorrow, he understood temptation. He suffered all the afflictions and problems that we do. The Hebrews writer would say it in this way, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15, Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are, yet he did it without sin. He showed the world what eternal perfection is like in this world of finite imperfection. Surely he faced the same challenges that you and I face. Therefore, he understands and comprehends what you and I face every day. When we face challenges and heartaches and disaster, Jesus can identify he's been there. Everything that Satan can do to us in this world, he's already done to Jesus Christ. Therefore, Christ appreciates our situations as Christians. He understands our infirmities and our weaknesses. Yet, we look at Jesus. Through all those challenges and problems that he faced, he remained faithful to God and obedient to the Word of God, even up to and including that horrible death at Calvary's cross. Should that be not a picture for us and a reminder to us that we, to the best of our ability, can serve Jesus And honor Jesus by the way we live our lives. All day, every day, whatever the circumstances of life may present to us. Good or bad. Wonderful or horrible. We can still maintain our faith and loyalty to Jesus Christ. Even unto the time of our death. That's exactly what Jesus did. And you see the beautiful part of this is. If we live our lives here on earth as God has asked us to do and shown us in his word how to do it then we can continue living in humility and have the great reward there in Philippians chapter 2 verse number 13 look down verse number 13 we're not by ourselves for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure what's the saying there He's saying, Barry, God's given you the resources you need to be successful. Don, God's given you the resources that you need to be successful. You substitute your name there. We're children of God. He knows what we're facing. But he will give us resources and strength that we need to follow him in our lives. He wants us to be successful in living for him. Point number two in our lesson this morning Serving like Jesus requires sacrifice. S-A-C-R-I-F-I-C-E. Sacrifice. Be turning with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. Very familiar verse. Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. They are holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. God is not requiring anything of you and me that he did not require of himself. Jesus lived a perfect life to the glory and honor of God. You and I as finite human beings cannot be perfect. But we want to live our lives to honor and glorify God in everything we say, think, and do. In the way we treat our family, in the way we treat our friends, in the way we treat the general public, in the way we treat our brothers and sisters in Christ. Being willing to sacrifice. That word sacrifice is used here in chapter 12, verse number 1. Literally means to give up something of value for something of greater value I'm a baseball fan if you're a baseball fan you've heard the term sacrifice fly a runner's on third base and there's only there are no outs there only one out and the coach signals the batter at the plate I want you to hit a sacrifice fly or a sacrifice blunt oh you're going to be out at first base but you give the runner at third base the opportunity to score the run. You're willing to give up your at bat so that your team can score a run. That's a sacrifice. Giving up something of value for something of even greater value. Why is it that mothers will get up in the, minute, in the middle of the night, however many times necessary, if that baby cries? that baby needs help and that mother as that parent of that child will do anything and everything within her power to solve the child's problem. Whatever it takes how long it takes however much it costs because she wants that child to be successful. Is that not exactly what Jesus Christ did for you and me when he bore his burden to Calvary? He wanted you to be saved. And so he said, I will shed my perfect eternal blood for that. That was the only price, you see, that could buy us back from sin. No matter how good, smart, intelligent, rich we are, we cannot purchase salvation on ourselves. It is through the blood of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice that he made at Calvary's Christ. Jesus gave his life for me. Now, I want you to say to yourself right now, six words, silently, but say them. Jesus Christ gave himself for me. Let that soak in. Let it touch your heart. Every time you partake of the Lord's Supper, yes, you go through physical motions. But you remember, that's the sacrifice that Jesus prayed so that you could enter heaven with Him. Think about that. The perfect, sinless, eternal Son of God once a week, finite bill to be saved. And so we went to Calvary's cross. So that I can live in this imperfect world now, but I can live in Christ's perfect world eternally through the sacrifice that he made. As I live my life today to the, God, the glory of God, then I will be willing to sacrifice anything and everything in my life to fill his will that includes my thoughts, my words, and my deeds every day, all day, till he calls me home because I want to live in heaven forever. Let's come to a greater appreciation of what it means to sacrifice. And because I'm a child of God, I will sacrifice my life for him. And point number three in our lesson this morning Serving like Jesus requires a decision. D E C I S I O N. A decision. Turn with me to Mark chapter eighteen. I'm sorry, Luke. I'm sorry, Luke chapter eighteen. Luke chapter eighteen, Luke chapter eighteen, verse number twenty six. actually I want to start back at verse number 25 Luke 18 25 Jesus said to his disciples for it is easier for a camel to go through the needle's eye than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God they looked at that and said there's no way that a camel can walk through the eye of a needle that's impossible but he said that's easier for that to happen than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God and when they heard that they said who then can be saved he answered them The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Then Peter said, Lo, we have left all and followed thee. He said unto them, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left home, or parents, or brethren, or wife, or children, for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this life, and in the world to come, everlasting life. We sing that song, Oh, I work so hard for Jesus. I often boast and say I've sacrificed a lot of things to walk the narrow way. Folks, that doesn't touch the hymn of the government of what Christ did for us, did it? He decided that I won't be able to be in heaven and you substitute your name there and I'll go to Calvary's cross for him. That word I like that he uses there, manifold more. That means as much As many times as is possible. Whatever it takes, that's what Jesus would do. We understand that in our lives, we make important decisions in our lives, don't we? Our education, our occupation, the things that we purchase. We look for our husbands, we look for our wives, the things we do for our children. All these decisions have a finite ending. Oh, we'll finish school at some time. We'll retire from our jobs at some times we move to another house and all these things decisions we keep on making but all those have an ending but there's one decision we make that does not have an ending Paul said in Romans chapter 6 23 the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord eternal having no end our minds cannot comprehend that yet. But God's word tells us about eternity. That's why there are so many references in this Bible to heaven, the dwelling place of God. That's a place of eternity. God has always existed. God always will exist. If you and I will live our lives to, like God wants us to live, then we can go to heaven and be with God for the rest of eternity. But you see, that requires a decision on our part. Let us come to a complete comprehension of that thought. Jesus said it this way in Matthew and Mark and Luke. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away. And you know the rest of the verse. But my words shall not pass away. When I die physically, my physical body will be gone. But the word of God will still be in existence. And the soul of man and mine and yours and all who have ever lived is also an eternal soul. That's what God has promised us. It has no end. Therefore, I need to appreciate that thought that Paul said. The wages of sin is death. He's talking there about Yes, physical death, but eternal death. But there was a way to eliminate that the gift of God, eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I need to make the decision. I have decided to follow Jesus. Every human being who has ever lived has had to make that decision. Have I decided to follow Jesus or have I not? If you're in this audience today and you have not made that decision, I would remind you at this point the three points we've made in our lesson. Humble yourself before the Savior, accept the sacrifice that He has made for you to be saved from your sins. He shed His eternal blood. And then make the decision. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. If you're not yet a Christian, you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you're willing to repent of your sins, confess the deity of Jesus Christ, be baptized in water to wash those sins away. Or as a child of God, you've done those things in times past, but maybe you've wandered away. Publicly, you need to repent of sin and confess that sin and pray to be forgiven. Make that decision now. You want to be saved. Dedicate your life back to God today so that you can be with him now and forever if you are subject to the gospel invitation let it be known by coming to the front of us together we stand and sing the song